I'm beginning a new series today called GPS, Navigating Life. How many of you have ever used a GPS? How many of you have ever argued with a... Wow, some of you are as hard-headed as I am. Have you, have you noticed that GPS does not matter? That little device does not care what you think. Anybody picked up on that? It, it really just does not... It's like, so, okay, you took this road, you're wrong right? In fact, if, if you've got one like I used to have, it gets real irritated. And it, it uses a term, and here's what it says, recalculating, just about like that. It's really ticked, all right? Um, and, and so what, what I've noticed is, is that in our lives as, as Christians and, and those who live uh, in this world, what, what I've noticed is, is that a lot of times we don't listen to the GPS of life. Now, the GPS of life is the Word of God, all right? Um, and so would you take your Bibles today and go to the book of Romans, the 12th chapter. I'm going to read there in just a moment as you go there. But before I do that, let me greet our campuses and say hello to them today. I'm glad you're with us today. We are excited about everything that God is doing throughout Love and Truth Churches. And we know that as you've gathered there today that God's Spirit is there, His power is there. And we're believing that as the Word of God goes forth, that your life is going to be touched and you're going to be strengthened today by the power of the Almighty God. Now, the book of Romans, the 12th chapter, uh, beginning in verse number 1, I'm going to read a couple of verses to you today. Uh, verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, and that can be sisters as well, that's everybody, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is, this is the New International Version, which is your spiritual worship. And do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, here, here's what I want to talk about today. I, I want to talk to us today about the subject of everybody's doing it. Ever heard that? Well, it can't be that bad because everybody's doing it. Well, it, 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 you know, I, I know God's Word says, but everybody's doing it. And, and what I find is, is that because of our culture, we, we, live, we live in a, in a nation uh, that, that has come to a place that, that our culture is different. In fact, let me, let me just give you a definition of culture. Culture is defined by what we think and how we believe in relation to the world, God, family, sexuality, work, and leisure. That's what culture is, all right? And, and what it means is, is that in every aspect of life, whether we're talking about our work, whether we're talking about God, whether we're talking about sexuality, whether we're talking about any other aspect, is that our culture determines how we think about that. Now, how many of you have noticed that in America, our culture has changed greatly over the last 25 years? All right? I mean, it, does, it doesn't take rocket science. It doesn't take anybody. You don't have to have a Ph.D. Uh, in anything to figure out that, that we have, as a nation, we have changed our culture. And so today, I, I want to talk about some of those things that we now have accepted, some of those things that we now are saying, uh, this is how we ought to live, this is what we ought to do, and, and then to look at what God's Word says about it, all right? Because again, uh, the, the GPS of God really doesn't care what I think, all right? 
because he has a road and he knows if I get off of that road that I'm going to wind up somewhere that I don't want to go. And so he says, this is the way that you are to walk. Walk you therefore in this way. Do this and everything will be all right. But if you choose to do your own thing, if you choose to live your own way, then you're going to find yourself uh, in a mess. So I'm going to give you four or five things today we'll talk about. First one is this, and and that is the the tendency in our culture is, is to live for this world. All right? That, that is, well, it's, it's all about today. It's all about right now. It, it's all about, uh, you, you know, that, that life is about the moment. H- have you noticed that? H- have you noticed the, the whole aspect of reality television? Come on. You, you cannot pretend you haven't seen swamp whatever and, and duck whatever and... <laughs> And Snooky, whatever, and you know, it's it's out there, and and the and the whole process is, is that it is about the moment. Nobody's thinking in in most reality shows. There there is no thinking about tomorrow. There's no thinking about what the consequences are going to be, uh, especially when when you deal with the aspect of reality television uh, that that deals with young people and and teenagers and young adults. Uh, there, there's no thinking of the consequences of this action for this night. It's all well. We just we we just live for the moment. We're just living for right now. But the Word of God tells. In the book of 1 John, uh, the second chapter, here's, here's what the Word of God says. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And it goes on to say, for everything that is in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of the eyes, and the boasting of what he or she has done comes not from the Father, but from the world. Have you ever noticed how that we find so many people that are talking about sinful things in boastful ways? Wow, I can tell you're going to enjoy this sermon. I'll give you one more verse. Verse 17, the world and its desires pass away. But the man who does the will of God, the person who does the will of God, lives forever. Now, the the Word of God says you're not living just for the moment. You're not living just for today. It doesn't matter what everybody else is saying. God says you are living for eternity, that the desires of your life are going to determine where you wind up in eternity. Now, I want to break it down for a moment. Every one of us need to understand that the purpose of Jesus Christ coming to this earth, dying a death, that is so unspeakable, but rising again the third day was so that you and I could choose what our eternal destiny is going to be. And so I have a choice to make today. I have a choice, and I have a choice not only today, but I have a choice every day of my life how that I am going to live and how I'm going to conduct my life. And so I want to tell you, don't live for this world. How many of you have noticed, you get new stuff and it gets rusty, it gets bent, it gets broken, it goes out of style, right? I mean, you just hang on to it long enough and 20 years later it'll be back in style, right? Now, for all of you who are my age, if you wore it in the 70s, you cannot wear it now. That's the rule, all right? Just helping you out today. Uh, but but the, the whole process is, is that we, we're not living for this world We're living for the world that is to come. 
The, this, the second thing that I find in culture that, that is said, and, and sometimes not just said, but just the lifestyle is this. Whoever dies with the most toys, guess what? Wins. Now, let me help you real quick, and I'll give you the scripture in a moment. But whoever dies with the most toys is still dead. Right? Now, there, there's nothing wrong in having things. The problem is, is when things have us. The, you know, the nice stuff is great. But it's not about that. It's, it's not about how much can I accumulate? How much can I have? How much can come into my life? The book of Matthew, the sixth chapter, says it this way. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Wow, some of you need to just underline that about 10 times, all right? Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink. Some of you are already worried about that right now for today. <laughs> what restaurant are we going to or place are we going to eat? Or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Now, the, the Word of God talks about, and, and I won't read the rest of it, but it says, look at the birds of the air and how they don't sow nor store up, and yet God takes care of them. I, I want you to understand that it's not about getting, it's about releasing. It's about living not with closed hands, it's about living with open hands. It's, it's not about, how many of you have, have found this to be true? I like stuff. I, I don't know about you. Anybody else like stuff? rest of you just lied. <laughs> Come on. Oh, oh, I don't care about anything. Really? Don't, don't play that game with me. Why do you expect to get a check at the end of the week? <laughs> if you don't like stuff, see, there's nothing wrong in liking stuff. It's, it's when you allow that stuff to consume your life. But what I found through the years is, I, it doesn't matter what it is, I, I, I like a lot of different things. I'm, and, I, and I like, and I don't mind saying this, and I can probably get in trouble for saying it, I like nice stuff. I don't like junk. I, I'm, I'm not into yard sales. Some of you are, God bless you. I'm not going, I'm not, I just don't care to go wear somebody else's whatevers. Just a personal, I think I, I, think I did that too much growing up. You know, I got all the hand-me-downs, and I decided when I got some money, I wasn't going to do that anymore, all right? But, but here's what I know, is as soon as you get it, something happens to it. As soon as you get the new car, somebody's going to open their door, and some old junker, and you can get as mad as you want to, but they don't have any insurance, and they ain't going to fix it, so you might as well get over it. Right? I mean, come on. That, but, but our problem is, is that we spend life and we think that's all it is. And then we come to the end of life and we say, well, I, I had the most. No, just because you have the most, you're still dead. Wow. Number three, are we okay? <laughs> it's your body. Do what you want. Nobody can tell me what to do with my body. I can sleep with who I want to. I can put into it what I want to. I can do what I want to. And yet the Word of God says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. See, I, I cannot just 
do what I want to. Because I, I want to tell you, just because you get saved does not mean your desires go away. I'll free some of you today. I'll help you, all right? Well, if I was really saved, I would never think that thought. I would never have that feeling again. Really? Who told you that bunch of baloney? I, I know Christians pretend that they never struggle with anything, but they'll lie to you about something else, too. Here's what the Apostle Paul said. He said, those things that I want to do, those are the things that I don't do. But he said, the things that I don't want to do, he said, those are the things I find myself doing. He said, there's a law that worketh in me. It's called the law of sin and death. But he doesn't stop there. But he says, but thanks be unto God, which giveth me the triumph. In other words, God has given me the ability that I don't have to live. Well, it, it just felt good. It just felt like something. No, no, no. I don't have to do that. I have control of my body. The fourth thing is this. Live for pleasure. Live for pleasure. Come on. There's, there's no nation that has that as a motto any more than America. Man, I worked hard all week long. TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. And they weren't talking about Good Friday when they said that either. It's like party hardy. We're going to go out this weekend. We're going to live for what we want. We're going to do what we want. We're going to conduct our lives how we want this weekend. Man, it is all about having a good time. And yet the Word of God in 1 Peter, the fourth chapter, says this. For you have spent enough time in the past... Doing, and, and I love this translation, doing what the pagans choose to do. You didn't know America was full of pagans, did you? You thought that was somewhere or somewhere. No, no, no. The pagan just means somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. Now we say, oh, there's no idolatry in America. Really? Really? I mean, we have a whole industry called American idol. Oh, pastor, don't get on my American idol. <laughs> There's idolatry. All that idolatry means is anything you put before God. We're a nation filled with idolatry. Then he goes on to say, they think it's strange that you do not plunge, I love that term, that you do not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation or into the same, the same lifestyle, the same sinfulness that they are in. And he says, and they heap abuse on you. Now, here's what I want to tell you. If nobody is ticked off with you because you're living right, then maybe you're not. If you haven't lost some friends since you found Jesus, then you probably, you might be a non-believer if you haven't lost any friends since you came to Jesus. Why? Because what we have to understand today is that when we come into relationship with Jesus Christ, we, we look at our lifestyle and we go, there's some things we are not going to do anymore. Why? Because Jesus Christ came to set us free from that lifestyle. I was a slave to sin, the Bible says, before Jesus came. 
But when Jesus came, he freed me from sin. Now, do I still struggle with sin? Well, we talked about that. Of course we do. But I don't have to live in sin. I don't have to give in to sin. I can be an overcomer. And so what I've got to do is make up my mind how that I am going to live as an overcomer. This series is called Navigating Life, and so at the end of each of these uh, weeks, I'm going to be talking to you about some specific things that you need to do in navigating life. You, you need to do some certain things, and I'm going to give you four of those today in the next few minutes, because I want you to understand that it's, it's wonderful to celebrate Jesus. It's wonderful to know Him as your Savior. It's great to come into fellowship with Him. But if you really want to make a difference, you have got to allow the Lord to lead you not by what you want, but by what He desires. All right? I, I, I pulled up a week or so ago uh, into a certain place of business, and, and I was, have you ever been waiting on somebody to pull out and they won't pull out? Come on, let me help y'all. When you get in your car, would you move? Because there's somebody like me behind you that's not having a good moment, all right? And, and we're, we're, we're praying, but we're not praying for your blessing. We're praying God to kill you right there. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right? And, and uh, I sat there, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and finally I got ticked, and I just pulled in somewhere else. And I walked up and walked by the vehicle, and the guy's got a map out. I mean, he has got it, I mean, he's opened it up and it's spread out. And I thought, has nobody told him? Come on. Has no, could somebody get him a smartphone? Has, has nobody let this guy into the idea that there is a thing called a GPS and that if he'll just put the coordinates in, it will take him and he won't have to sit there in my parking spot. <laughs> See, the Word of God is the map. The Holy Spirit is the GPS. Don't miss it. The Word of God lays out life every day. But the Bible says, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, speaking of the Holy Spirit, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you, GPS you in all truth. And next week, I'll spend more time on that part of it, all right? So come back and hear that next week. All right? Now, how, how do we day in and day out navigate life? Number one is this. Number one, come on, get this. We must be authentic. All right? Come on. I, I get so tired of phonies. I, I get tired of phonies in life. I get tired of phonies in the church. I, I mean, I, I would rather somebody just say, you know what, man, I am really struggling. And somebody walk in, hallelujah, brother. <laughs> but I just saw them at the wrong place doing the wrong thing at the wrong night. But now they want to come to church and act like everything's wonderful. Just, just be authentic. The, the Lord is not looking for perfection in the sense of that we never mess up. The Lord is just looking for us to live a life, the Bible says, that is pleasing unto Him. And authenticity is part of that. 
The word authentic is an interesting word. The word authentic means without wax. Some of you say, what in the world is that about? That's what it means. Authentic means without wax. Here's the reason. Is that back in the day, two or three hundred years ago, when, when furniture makers would make furniture, they, they, would, they would sometimes find a big knot hole in it. Well, they couldn't use it, but what they began to do is they, they began to put wax in there, and then they would varnish over that, and it looked fine until it got close to the fire. But when the fireplace got to going and somebody scooted that chest over by the fire, all of a sudden the wax got hot and it melted out and all of a sudden you had a piece of junk. Do, do I need to talk about that? There are a lot of times that Christians look right, talk right, act right until the heat is on. We need to learn to be without wax. We, we need to learn to be people who are authentic. This is who we are. This is how I'm living. Yes, I, I, I got some issues. I've got some things. God's not finished with me yet, but here's who I am. I'm going forward with God. That, that's the, the aspect of authenticity. Number two is, is that we must learn, and these are all counterpoints to, to what I talked about in the first part of the sermon, is that we must serve a cause greater than ourselves. It's not about me. It's not about just what I can get. It is about something that is greater than I am. You know what I found? Nobody is challenged by little dreams. Nobody gets excited about small things. Nobody gets all pumped about routine things. What people get excited about is something greater than themselves. Amen. I had somebody call me that I'm acquaintance with. Um, they, they are retired as far as, I mean, they're still working, but they're able to be retired. Let's say it that way. And they called me, and, and they were talking with me, and they said, we are getting ready to spend a year of our life volunteering at the Dream Center. Now, if you don't know what the Dream Center is, the Dream Center is in Los Angeles, California, and the Dream Center is an old hospital uh, that Matthew Barnett took, and, and they've reclaimed it floor by floor, and they minister uh, to, to everybody that nobody wants to minister to. They minister to prostitutes, they minister to AIDS patients, they minister to people that nobody else wants because Matthew said God spoke to him and said, if you will love the people that nobody wants, I'll bring you the people everybody wants. And as I talked to them that day, I, as, as I listened, I thought, wait a minute. In fact, he said to me, he said, you know what? If you had, and, and I'll be honest with you, it was convicting. He said, if you had something that would challenge me that much, I'd give you a year of my life. And I went, holy moly. Why? Because when you understand what life is about, you will come to that place of saying, you know what, I've got to serve something greater than just what I want and what I desire. The third one is this. We have to live lives of generosity. Now, generosity is not just about your money, although it does include your money. Lives of generosity means that we are looking for somebody that we can be good to. That's what being generous means. It's, it's, it's looking outside of myself and saying, what can I do to impact the life of someone else? And God's called us to do that. 
If, if all we can do is receive and take and we never give out, something's wrong. I'm, I'm going to get in trouble, but I'm going to say it anyway. One of the problems that I have with our government and a lot of the social programs that we have is that we have created a whole lot of people who all they know is how to receive. You don't have to agree with me, but I'm going to say it anyway. What we need to do is teach people, yes, there is a season for receiving, but there is also a season for giving. And if you ever want to get ahead in this life and in the life to come, you have got to learn to be a person of generosity. Well, when I win the lottery, preacher. No, the Bible says if you can't be faithful in the little things, God's not going to make you ruler over the great. You, you, you've got to... You've got to be faithful with your generosity. And lastly, is we've got to learn to live righteously. The, the word righteous is an interesting word. It's another one of those words. It, it, it just means, to break it down real easy, it just means to do what is right. To do what is right. You and I are given the opportunity daily to live righteously, or unrighteously. We have the opportunity to do what is right or what is wrong. When, when you walk in to a store and the cashier is rude, you have a choice. When the guy won't back out of your parking spot, <laughs> you have a choice. The, the, the process of living righteously has been so religiosityized, if that's a word, I just made it up. It's, it's such, it, it ought to be a word if it's not, just put it in Wikipedia right now, all right? And, and, and it's, it's that whole process of, ooh, they're, they're holy, they're righteous, they're no, the Word of God's quite clear. In, in the true sense of total righteousness, there's only one, and that's Jesus. He's the only one. I mean, he's, he's righteous. All the rest of us, the Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. Having said that, though, I can choose whether or not I do what is right. My day in and day out living shows whether I'm righteous or not. It's where Jesus talks about such things as turn the other cheek. If you want to be first, be last. If you want to get ahead, be a servant of all. That's what it means to be righteous. When you look at the life of Jesus, he has given us the greatest example of all of these characteristics that I talked about in the last few minutes. He came to a world, he came to people who were consumed with themselves and only cared about themselves. And the Word of God says that Jesus came for one purpose, and that was to seek and to save the lost. I'll break it down to you. Do you realize that the greatest mission that Jesus still has to this day is seeking and saving the lost. 
It's not about saved people. It's about lost people. Jesus cared so much for us that as I recently talked about, before we ever were born, the Bible says he adopted us. He brought us into his family. And you know what? I didn't do anything to deserve it. I didn't do anything to get saved except receive his blessing. Lord, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I haven't figured it out enough. All that I can do is come and say, you are the Savior of my life, and I receive you as my Lord. And the Bible lets us know that when we do that, not when we get everything right, not when we get everything together, not when our lives are perfect, but in the moment that we decide to say, Lord, I receive what you have already done. The Bible says that after Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, and when he ascended upon high, the Bible says he sat down at the right hand of the Father. But when you begin to read Scripture, the Scripture says this. It says that Jesus ever liveth to make intercession for us. In other words, all the time, the blood of Jesus Christ is saying, forgiven. The devil accuses, and the blood of Jesus says, forgiven. Not what I've done. It's not of works, lest anyone should boast. It's a free gift of God Almighty that enables us to navigate this thing called life and to live life to the fullness.